Welcome to Teaching, Reading, and Writing, the official podcast of the Literacy Research Center and Clinic at the University of Wyoming. Connecting, supporting, and expanding literacy instruction within Wyoming and around the world. Welcome, everybody, to today's episode. I'm Lee Hall with the Literacy Research Center and Clinic, and I'm so excited today to be able to be speaking with Vana Webb. Vana is a family consumer science teacher. She teaches grades 8 through 12. And Vana, welcome. Thank you. It's really nice to have you today. Um, I'm hoping we can get started by having you just tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Awesome. Well, like I said, what Dr. Hall mentioned, my name is Vana Webb, and I teach in um, Cheyenne, Wyoming. I teach 8th through 12th grade family consumer sciences. This is my 13th year teaching a wide variety of topics from culinary arts to financial literacy to child development, um, housing and interiors, you name it. We have quite the, the broad range of courses we offer in the family consumer science department. So it's fun. There's never a dull moment, and it's just you know, a good time to hang out with the kiddos. Yeah, absolutely. So what we're going to be talking about today, because you do teach family consumer science, it is an elective. And so we're going to be talking about how electives really get left out of the discussion when it comes to maybe reading instruction or how electives can sort of help kids grow as readers. So could you talk a little bit about how you, you know, this experience that you've had as an elective teacher and really sort of feeling shut out from this, this conversation about reading or how you get ignored. Absolutely. So sometimes as electives were seen as the fun classes and the classes that, you know, the kids get a break from and they don't have to do curricular work and they don't have to do anything serious. And I feel like that is absolutely not the case. Uh, we do so much reading in my class and there, in fact, I teach currently, I teach a foreign foods class where it is very reading heavy and we learn about foods from all over the world. And the way we learn about them is through reading and through different literacy experiences. And sometimes being told, you know, oh, it's cool. Like they don't need to do this because they're an elective. It's hard because we still have so many content specific curriculums that are heavy in the reading department. And I know that we don't necessarily have the structure as far as a curriculum or requirements for certain testing that maybe core classes do we still are heavy in that reading department and being seen as just like a throwaway time for the kids to get out of their core classes, go do the fun things. It's hard, not only as a teacher, because you want to make sure that the students realize our class is serious and we are learning things, um, especially up at the high school level where there's lots of testing and different things that can afford the students opportunities outside of school that are heavily tied to literacy and reading and understanding content. And at the junior high as well, where, I mean, we do matter. We, you know, we're not just a, a 53 minute place for the, you know, the kids uh, to take a break. So um, literacy is important in my classroom. And it's something sometimes I feel like they don't take seriously or as though it is, is relevant in the literacy world. Yeah. So when you say um, you feel like sometimes people don't take it seriously, do you mean the students or do you mean, you know, people that aren't like, like everybody else? Um, who do you mean? I, I think it can be seen as both ways. First of all, the students, you know, they always sign up for my class. So foreign foods, we do a lot of cooking. We get to cook so many cool and different things. And when the students come in, they think that that's all we do. And in fact, I had to remind my students today, hey guys, we're not cooking. We haven't lab planned. We haven't talked about the recipe. You haven't been assigned jobs. We don't just get to show up one day and cook. And I feel like teachers who maybe have not been exposed to electives, they think the same thing. 
you know, oh, you're the cooking teacher. Well, there's a lot more than just cooking that goes on. If you take a recipe, for example, you've got to read a recipe. You've got to analyze the process of the recipe. You've got to know what it's supposed to look like at the end. You don't necessarily just get to jump into the kitchen one day. And I feel that especially being a cooking teacher, it's always, well, they're just, a, you know, they just cook, they bake, they get to eat fun things. And that is definitely not the case. So I think it is definitely um, seen from the students that it's just a fun throwaway and from some of the core teachers as well. Yeah. So what would you like to um, have see change about all of this? Like if you could have your way tomorrow, what would you like to be different? Not that I would want to sign up for an additional meeting because that is definitely not the case. And as teachers, we have so many meetings. Um, but I would like to sometimes be in those conversations where they talk about ways we can improve Y top scores mm -hmm. and how we can, you know, do writing as a school. We were speaking about at the beginning of the school year about how our Y top testing scores have gone down so much because we haven't been doing daily writing in our advisement courses. And it's, I know we might not have assigned daily writing and advisement anymore, but there's ways that all of us as teachers can incorporate that, including electives. It doesn't have to always be just the history or the language arts course or, you know, this, that, and the other. We as electives can contribute to that success of our students as well. Um, and I feel sometimes that, you know, oh, it's just cooking or, oh, it's just art or, oh, it's just tech ed. They just, you know, build things. And there's so much reading that goes along with our, our technical trades. Think of all the reading. I mean, we have technical instructions. If I were to, I wish we offered clothing construction. I taught that class for six years and I loved it. The amount of technical reading we do is huge. And it's to the point of almost being like a safety thing. If you're not reading the directions correctly, you can hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. Our buddy across the hall, you know, he teaches woodshop. If you're not aware of how those technical directions, you know, work in the classroom, you can absolutely hurt yourself. Um, but we, we do still, we're relevant in the literacy world. And I feel sometimes because we're electives, um, as a choice for the student. It's not a core, it's not a required course that it should be the fun. It should be the sugar of the day when gosh, dang it, we matter too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, listening to you talk and talking about, for example, your foreign foods course and how much reading you do in the foreign foods course. I mean, you do reading that's beyond recipe reading, right? Like absolutely. What kinds of reading do you do in the foreign foods course? So the second semester, we, it is titled Foreign Foods, and we learn about six different regions throughout the United States, or excuse me, throughout the world. So we learn about the United States and Canada. We learn about Latin America, Asia, Africa, the Middle East. And we, those are places my students are not exposed to. And if so, it is in a very brief like vacation. And I do have those students who rarely do, but maybe they're from there. That's not a world that they're familiar with. So I try to immerse them in that um, situation for the time being that we're studying about that topic. You know, like say we're talking about Latin America, let's talk about what countries speak that language. Let's read about the culture that they, that they, you know, live in. Let's talk about um, what they do on a daily basis, how that differs from here in Wyoming. And that is generally, mainly through literacy events, through us watching a video clip, through my students pretending that they're um, going on a vacation there. And what that would look like is what they would need to take on that vacation. And we're getting that and we're getting that richly through literacy exposure because they don't know, they're unfamiliar with it. We've got to draw that information from somewhere. And that is something that, um, you know, you go to and you, you got to read about it. You've got to, you've got to put that in, put yourself in that situation and, and reading and having those literacy events is how that is, is um, how I expose my students to that. Yep, absolutely. And it seems like you would have this opportunity because what you're talking about with foreign foods is very much related to social studies content. 
Not that there's a, it has to align with what the social studies teacher is teaching, but it seems like there's this nice um, reciprocity that could happen where sometimes it might align and you might be able to make connections to things that are going on or will be happening in down the road in social studies and vice versa, right? The social studies teacher might reference, you know, the kinds of things that are happening in your class and even in a social studies class, right? Not all those kids are going to be in your elective, but then she's, you know, that teacher's talking about your elective. And now you, all of a sudden you might have more kids interested in your elective because of those kinds of connections and discussions that happen in social studies where they were referencing, referencing you. So like, there's this opportunity, I think, to really not just hit, not just help with reading and writing, but also deepen some content knowledge, right. By making those connections. What do you think? Absolutely. And you'd mentioned reciprocity. I think of like collaboration and mm-hmm. cross-curricular um, exposure. I wish our students in eighth grade, that's not necessarily something that they're exposed to, you know, like world studies and different things, but there could be potential for that. No, they're going to talk about this part of the United States or whatever that looks like. We do talk about the United States and Canada. How can we tie that together? If they're speaking about, you know, the civil war, maybe we could make something in my classroom, uh, food. I used to participate in history fair. We haven't had it the last couple of years because of COVID, but we make hardtack in my class. I've had students stay after to where they present that at the history fair when they're also showing their civil civil war days, if that's what they call mm-hmm. it. Um, and that's really great to have that cross-curricular there. And I think that there's opportunity for that. Just like, for example, math. We, oh my goodness, my students, this isn't a math class. Why do we have to learn to measure? Like, who cares how many fourth of cups are in a cup? Um, it's very much, we're, you know, cross-curricular. And we can relate that in math, in history, um, in English. Shoot, we talk about, you know, abbreviations and different things like that the, we very much could tap into all of the different cores. Um, and it's not just, you know, we're, we're not, um, what's the word? I don't know, just on our own Island. Like we, we use lots of other people. We, you know, use that as a resource. So I think the opportunity there, like you said, reciprocity, cross-curricular collaboration, it, it could be endless if the, if the opportunity was, was presented. Yeah, you know, when you were saying, you know, the, the kids getting frustrated, like this isn't math class, who cares how many, you know, I don't remember exactly what you said, right? But like, how many teaspoons make up a tablespoon or whatever, right? Well, if you don't care, right, if you don't take the time to understand that you're going to find out why it matters when you make your cake or whatever it is that you're making, and you didn't pay attention to those measurements, right? When you thought a teaspoon and a tablespoon were the same thing, or you didn't think a quarter cup versus a half cup mattered, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That is the biggest complaint I get when we whip out the textbook. This isn't history. This isn't reading. I'm like, guys, we don't just get to sit here and veg out. Like we have curriculum, like we need to do things and, and absolutely relying on those other things. And, and they'll learn if, yeah, there's a huge difference in a teaspoon and a tablespoon. And they learn that real quick if they, if they didn't take the value of that initial lesson. So now, um, do some of your kids ever get inspired, right? Because you're talking about all these different things that you're reading and the different cultures that you're studying and looking at it in, you know, in the foreign foods course. So do some of your kids ever really like get inspired and just start, you know, maybe they go in depth on one culture or in depth on reading about the history of cakes or chocolate or something, right? Have you ever found that to happen? Um, I think at some point they get excited about certain things and maybe go home and mm-hmm. we really enjoyed the black bean brownies. I want to go home and do this. Or one of my favorite ones is when we talk about Asia and we make egg rolls. And so we do a chicken egg roll. Well, when they go home, they can try a pork egg roll. Um, so they do a little bit of research on their own, but as far as, um, maybe getting super excited, I think, 
I, one year I had a student that had traveled to France. And so when he got to share his stuff with the class, like pictures of himself in France, we were talking about France, that was really exciting. And I know that he made sure that, you know, he did a little bit more research when he was going to go to France before he went. And then he went over Christmas break and came back. So I don't know if I necessarily inspired or our class inspired him, but I think he did go a little bit farther. And while he was there, he maybe tried a little bit more to come back and share with the class. Mm-hmm. I definitely um, think that, oh, sorry. No, no, no. I, I, just, I know that probably didn't answer your question, um, but I know some of my kiddos do get excited, maybe in eighth grade, and that probe, um, excuse me, probes them to go on in our, in our um, classes at the high school. Yeah. But as far as them getting super excited and doing you know, deep dives into other things, I'm not real sure about that. Yeah, but I do think the potential exists, right? I, I Absolutely. Do, I do think you set them up that, and it might even be going on and you just don't even know it. You know? You're right. Absolutely. It definitely could be the case. That happens all the time. Well, Vana, thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. We really appreciated it. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me and giving me the opportunity. Yeah. And so once again, Vana Webb and really thoughtful discussion about electives, how, how electives are getting left out of the discussion about reading, why they belong in that discussion and how they can actually contribute to kids improving as readers and writers. So thank you so much. Thank you all for tuning in and we will see you or talk to you or listen here next week.